Hello and good morning. I must start by apologizing for the sound of my voice. I've got a really bad cold. So I am apologizing in advance. If I sneeze, you know, you, you just have to forgive me. Okay, this is Hilda, your Hilda from Hilda's Shoulder. Hilda is a relationship enthusiast, especially Niger relationships. She's a podcaster, storyteller, and an agony aunt. It's great to be with you again after, you know, a bit of a hiatus. Today's topic um, basically is, is about sex for marks. Now, in the last three days or thereabout, all over social media and the internet, is this uh, is a report of the investigation done by BBC I, uh, BBC Africa I or something. Anyway, BBC basically, and apparently for about a period of one year, two lecturers, one in the University of Lagos and another in a university in Ghana, had been under investigation. You know, very discreet investigation, I must add, and well. One of my pinpoints is that, especially in Nigeria, things, it's usually people from the outside that come, that do reports and give us a feel of what is going on in our country before anything, any step is taken, you know, which is pretty much very sad. Okay, enough said about that. It would interest you to know that um, sexual assaults is a front burner issues in a lot of countries and in fact from data um, we hear that one in every five cases of sexual assault is reported so it is not does not begin and end in nigeria that people don't want to come out of the of the closet and say me too now what is sexual assault i know that um, since the cosa thing you know, Bisola, Dakolo, Saga, the Me Too Saga a few months ago, I think a lot of people's antennas have been more alert to this issue of rape. And rape is not the only form of sexual assault that exists. Rape is a part of it. So sometimes when you hear sexual assault, you think only of rape. There are a lot of other things. And sexual assault is not uh, is not just physical; it's also psychological. So, what is sexual assault? What's the ambit of sexual assault? Sexual assault, um, as far as I know, covers um, coerced marriages, coerced relationships. Yes, coerced relationships. Because I'm sure you know you know of somebody who is in a relationship which you can see it is it's clear. That the lady or the man, I don't know. It's clear that the lady is not happy being in the relationship, but somehow her partner has some mental hold on her and she finds that it's it's really not easy to get away from such a relationship. And if care is not taken, if you try to help the lady out of it, you might end up ruining your relationship with her. So you have, of course, this coercive marriage, like I said, and then coercive relationships, i.e. when you're dating somebody, 
you know it basically forces you to have sex or things of to do things of a sexual nature then of course you have the all very popular rape by strangers and then even rape in times of war, organized rape um, people you know warring countries use that as a kind of psychological warfare you know to rape the women of a country so that it will make the men you know the opposing side feel that they have even lost then you have um, what is it now you have sexual harassment and that is where the the case the matter of the unilag lecturer i think that is where it would fit in it's actually a combo because uh, from the investigation that was done by bbc it was discovered that he had actually raped some of his students before and during this investigation he had attempted to be he did not attempt to rape but he attempted to touch the undercover journalists on several occasions and then made overtures you know to show that he had an interest in fact not only did he make overtures he actually said it you know i watched the video so what you find is that um, you have this sexual harassment and by the way sexual harassment does not end at one lecturer somewhere or one employer who is a man sexual harassment can be done by either of the sexes you have women to going into offices and sexually harassing men unbuttoning their blouses revealing their nipples and all manner of harassment so it's not just about women though data will suggest that more women are sexually assaulted than men of course i mean uh, i guess it's because there are more reported cases of women and then women are in quote and unquote the weaker sex so logically speaking it would be easier to assault a, str- a man who is strong in quote it'd be easier for a man to sexually assault a woman so i think that's the reason for that so sexual assault would also include trafficking of women and children and genital mut- genital mutilation of children so that is some of what i think goes into the bucket of sexual assault now if we go back to the case of the lecturer especially the one of the one that is my concern well both are actually i'm actually concerned about both of them but the one of the unilag is homegrown Ghanaian culture and Nigeria is slightly different, just a slight difference. I'm more conversant, obviously, with my Nigerian culture. I keep talking about this thing in a lot of my podcasts, the role that our culture, our value system plays out in sexual assault generally. Of course, I've explained sexual assault to be wider than just rape. You should know that even the mere fact that somebody is exposed to pornography against his will is a form of sexual assault. So if a maid somehow gets uh, pornographic material into your home, whether in a magazine or DVD or even on their phone, you know, they show your child uh, pornographic material that is a form of sexual assault. So 
anyway let's get back up on the horse so my point is in a society where it is assumed that women should be passive in their relationships or marriages and a society does not even recognize that legally speaking that rape exists in a marriage it always puts the woman on the edge there's this issue of shame i always go on and on and on about in a lot of my podcasts this is of shame that the society puts on the woman puts on even not just the women on the men to keep secret things secret the yorubas have a word for it it is called ashiri in fact it is it is a prayer um the prayer is something like kia shiribu meaning may my secrets remain secrets so a child grows up hearing this prayer and it is internalized that when things happen to you especially bad things you keep it to yourself and how do you convince society in quotes how do you convince your family that you didn't ask for it what are the basic questions that i always ask when there's a case of rape where were you was it dark where you were what were you wearing did you drink and so on and so forth so what happens a lot of women hold back there was a case of rape some i think two or three years ago somewhere at charity post up in Urile. if you know that in in oshodi oshodi if you know that area very well with the bridge that goes flies into the international airport road right under it there's a garden there and it can get that place is pretty lonely and can get pretty pretty dark and this young lady was on her way to work i guess because of you know the hustle and bustle of lagos she had set out from her home pretty early and she was raped under the bridge by a gang of about four men and just after they were done with her of course it must have attracted uh, commuters people who were on, also on their way to work and they came in to help now at the point that they came in the boys ran off and um, this lady was struggling to put on her clothes and I, I guess as it happens a lot in lagos somebody was trying to bring out a phone her main concern was to get out of that place some people tried to get her to go make a report at the police station and all of that but she cared less she was interested in getting out of there why because she didn't want the news to get out that she had been raped she didn't want anything that would ruin or lessen the chances of her getting a good partner a good husband or a good boyfriend so that means the pain of the shame or the pain from the incidents or the thoughts or the things the actions that could possibly happen from the knowledge of people of the incident is even more of a fear than the pain that she experienced from being raped by people she didn't know and good luck for that matter so i mean this is what actually does it what kills it in nigeria this idea that once a woman is raped she's tainted um she's damaged goods and by the way she may have caused it now in the case of this matter in unilag one would also see if one wanted to be the devil's advocate that okay because i listened actually watched the video on bbc 
and one of the students that alleged that she'd been raped several times by the lecturer or maybe we should use the word coerced you could also ask the question that okay we agree that it was sex for Max but it means that at some point you had to go to his office in the very first instance to let him I don't know what that was was it to talk about how to get better grades how to pass the course what to read and then when he tried to he made the first overtures what was the response I'm just being the devil's advocate I'm not don't get me wrong I am not in any way alleging that the girls are falsely accusing the lecturer or nothing of that nature now I always like to you know look at it from different perspectives talk about what it can what's what it looks like and then what it could be you know so anyway so you go the first time and he probably tries to touch you or say something to let you know that he's interested in you and then you go the second time maybe he does actually touch you and puts you on the table that's how the first or second um, incidences what do you do next you keep going back he went back three or four times i mean this is where society begins to raise their eyebrow now back on the side of the lecturer again uh, i did do a podcast about the bisola and uh, pastor goto imbo rape uh, accusation and i did say that when i was talking about different types of rape um, there is something called custodian rape where if the victim has been put in the hands of the custodian the custodian could be a prison warden the custodian could be somebody anybody basically in authority you know how we used to work in nigeria where especially you know in the 50s 60s and even the 70s where an uncle maybe an uncle or a man who lives in the village would want their daughter or son to be trained in court by maybe his elder brother who is a teacher or who is a doctor or who is a man of God and they basically hand over the child's welfare feeling and everything to this other person in authority and in many cases a lot of these children were sexually sexually assaulted so that power thing that power and control thing gets into the heads of many we virtually worship men of god we worship people in authority we worship lecturers so we're trying to get admission for our children we're almost at the level of i will do anything to get in we pass this desperation on to our children they watch us so what happens is that, as it does happen in a lot of cases, and you'll see this play out even in the religious circles. You talk about the Muslims, you talk about radicalism. It's just playing on the same thing. One person has influence and control and decides to take advantage of the weaker person, the victim in court. And so it is very possible that a, uh, a student who has issues with their grades would go into the office very innocently to find out how they could better their grades. And when this, whoever he is, the professor or the lecturer, would 
you know, make these advances because of the training and the values that this child has received. Don't talk back to elders, uh, this and that. The person could virtually freeze and not respond. Not that the person is consenting, but there is just this feeling of helplessness. I cannot say no to this man or he's older than me, he's old enough to be my dad. And they'll basically just roll over and play dead. So now my issue with all of this is that whether a lecturer sleeping with a student in university as an undergraduate is not news. For as long as there has been vagina and there has been penis, people have always dated you know, dated members of the opposite sex. In many offices, it's a policy that couples, married couples, cannot work in the same office. But yet, we find that people find a way around this thing. Like they, they get married secretly, and then the woman doesn't change her name. In the university co- uh, community all over the world, people date. I know that the media would tend to give the impression that lecturers and students that date abroad that dating for the sake of love or whatever and not necessarily for marks that's a case for another day and of course you have a church and mosque situations where the man of God in quotes uses his authority to overpower his victims so these things happen they happen really all the time my worry is that we have all this information with the click of a button you can go on google and get stats what are we going to do to prevent the occurrence of such things that is my focus that is my interest the very first thing i believe we should pay a lot of attention to give a lot of attention to is public enlightenment you're as strong as what you know you're as weak as what you don't know now public enlightenment can be used as a tool to get information out there information that will also demystify this issue of shame from sex our religion and our value system makes sex look very 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 something looks look as if it's very unattainable and looks as if the rules the standards are so high that even if something untoward were to happen to you sexually you would never be forgiven either by religion or by society so we should demystify sex Um, the government civil society groups women groups, men groups, everybody should be involved in educating the public uh, through different channels of uh, dissemination of information. It should be on the TV and everywhere. Everybody should be able to identify what sexual assault is. It should not be colored by age or whatever. Every child should, every parent should have this information. And as far as the parents are concerned, the parents are the first line of information for their children. I remember when I was, you know, growing up, and my mom was t- 
said to me about the birds and the bees. She asked me whether I had heard about uh, whether I had any friends that were having periods and whether I had heard about periods. And I said that you know I did. And I just real I just realized that she was finding it very difficult to talk about you know penises and vaginas. She was a bit shy. You know I was giggling inside. You know I I, I didn't show it. So I mean, she even did quite well. There are lots of parents that don't ever talk about sex education or how difficult it is growing up, or talk to their children about urges. We just want our kids to be in a bottle where they will not age. We relate with them as if they're children. And so, when a child is faced with a scenario that he has no knowledge of, he does what he has been raised to do. Obey. Yeah. So, parents should educate themselves. Do a lot of research, reading online, and there are even videos you can watch with your child if you don't even want to talk. But these days, I know a lot of children already know a lot of these things. But it helps to talk about it, and it helps to make your child realize that you are there to support them, and that you are ready to give them as much information as they need to protect and prevent such an occurrence but if at every point in time your daughter remembers the way your face looked when she was about to tell you something that one uncle did or whatever or the fact that something did happen and you didn't believe her it would stop it would let her know that you do not trust her and she might not be willing to give you any information again with the children who are younger than the adolescent age I'd like to share with you what I did with my daughter right from when she was about three. When I'm giving her a bath, you know, when I'm washing her area in quotes, I would often ask, laughing, whether anybody touched her there, and she would laugh back and say, no, mommy. I think there's just something about the way we... There's a very strong negative vibe fear that we pass on to children when we're trying to find out whether anybody is fiddling with them sexually or not now the children catch on to that which is why have you ever have you never noticed why when sexual assault is going when a child is really sexually molested at home they never tell their parents a lot of parents don't even know what what their children have been through some of them won't, many people won't even tell their parents, even as adults. So that goes to tell you a lot. So a parent is the number one teacher in the home, number one uh, mentor and everything to the child. So parents should educate themselves and pass on the same education and support to their children. I think the next thing would then be structures to support Helping people, you know, who have been sexually assaulted in terms of centers for therapy, in terms of even, um, I guess, support, you know, support centers for prevention and centers for support when these things happen. We don't have so much of that. And then in terms of, you know, of course, we are told that prevention is always better than cure. Women can 
sign up for self-defense classes and women should be giving such information to let them know that they are not wrong they are not wrong for reporting somebody who sexually harasses them or molests them even for the men they are not wrong to report a woman yes they are not wrong to report a woman for sexually harassing them so if we demystify sexual assault demystify rape demystify all the things that i've mentioned before people will begin to come out of the closet because they will understand that when they come out and speak up it will deter the occurrence of such incidences happening to other people the more people speak up the less the number of cases of sexual assault that we'll have in this country so please i hope this podcast you've picked up one or two things from the podcast and you can do something in your little corner uh, that's the change starts with me in your home if you have cousins relatives living with you engage them talk to them and let them know that you are there for them that's the most important thing if you are the shy type of parent go on youtube of course you have to be careful about the you have to weigh the child the age of the child you are talking to child or teenager or whatever and give the information that is appropriate to that age that understanding so i hope you have a wonderful day Um, just before i go i do have a blog site called hilda's uh i have a blog site that i do relationship advice a lot of romantic fiction